0: Welcome to another episode of Money You Should Ask, where everyone has something they can teach you. I'm your host, Bob Wheeler, and in this episode, we're going to explore, question examine, converse, dig deep, expose, laugh, and cry about the money beliefs, money blocks, and life challenges of our next guest. Turn up the volume, listen, learn, and laugh. Well, our next guest is Garrett L. Booth. He's a marketing professional who specializes in doing search engine optimization. That's SEOs for those of you like me who didn't know. Um, for financial tech companies, he's also an avowed money nerd and writes about personal finance on his blog, Digital Honey. Not money, honey. Honey and money sort of go together, though. Um, he lives in Utah with his wife and two kids. Garrett, so great to have you. Glad to be here, Bob. Thanks for having me on. So I have to ask you, what is an avowed money nerd? Yeah. So uh,
1: I, growing up, I was, I think, blissfully, at least consciously, unaware of a lot of, a lot of things about money. But, but then I kind of was a late bloomer, and all of a sudden, I got really interested in the, in the subject. I studied economics in college. Uh, I talk about money too much with my family and friends. Too much, right? Not for right. me, but for other people. Um, I have my own blog talking about it now, and uh, cu- I've read a ton of books. In fact, I was looking over your uh, pre- preferred book list, and you have a couple of the ones that I personally like on there as well Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and uh, Secrets to the Millionaire Mind. So I thought I'd show them off here. Uh, oh, that's awesome. So I think we're very much in sync. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and so when people see you come do they go, oh, my God, here comes the money nerd. He's going to ask questions
1: or he's going to share information. <laughs> well, see, I'm... <sighs> If you like take that introvert extrovert test, I'm an ex- by default I'm an extreme extrovert. So ten years ago, okay, I would have like maybe asked you how much money you make and how do you like your career and stuff like that. Yeah. And and if, and if you if I could tell you weren't telling the truth, I'd ask you. No, I can tell you don't like it. But now, see, I've, I've kind of I've learned to be socially appropriate. Socially appropriate. <laughs>
0: That's good and yeah. do you share um, do you have do you share with your friends like your financial failures or, or or things where it was a little bit of a miss or do you just focus on the good stuff like do you bear it all how does that go
1: yeah I, I mean I definitely have um, so if we go back like like I said 10 years so I'm in my I'm in my 30s so uh, I was actually in Argentina uh, doing a mission for my church. For two years, and then when I got back, when I was 21, that's kind of when I think of as the beginning of my adult life. And um, I made a series of dumb mistakes, and my friends know all about them. So, um, got into credit card debt, didn't pay it off, so I ruined my credit. Or just sorry, I didn't pay it back, so I ruined my credit. So I know, I know what that's like to have debt collection people calling you. Uh, went from job to job, worked a lot of crappy minimum wage jobs because I dropped out of college. Um, but, uh, I was able to turn it around and now I have a successful small business. So, um, you know, and I learned a lot about credit too, having to fix it. So yeah, I made a lot of dumb mistakes, but, um, it's a little, and it's a little bit easier to own when you're doing better after the fact, but, uh, I- I've always been an open book. Definitely.
0: Absolutely. And let me ask you this. So when you went into debt, um, and then you had that experience is, and now that you're this money nerd and you do all this reading and sharing, when is it okay to go into debt? Because debt may not always be a bad thing.
1: Yeah. Wow. What a great topic. Um, so I, I'm actually writing about, I'm, I actually have two posts I'm to publish about this on my blog because it's something I think about. And if you look at, like you, you know, we've talked about reading, there's a guy, Robert Kiyosaki, rich dad, lover. poor dad, right? He talks about good debt and bad debt. And I'm very much in that camp. I think that uh, you know, if you have debt for a house, a modest house, not like a huge, you know, not maxing out whatever you can afford, but a reasonable house, reasonable car, and then investment-backed debt. Maybe if you want to buy a, a cash flowing business or a or a piece of real estate that's cash flowing. I think that's smart. And, and maybe even, of course, for uh, you know, student loans, if you're studying in a career that will pay off and not like an art history major or something. I think that's right. all good debt. Bad debt, of course, being like consumer credit card debt and uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. Some people yeah. are more kind of in the uh, 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 Dave Ramsey camp where like all debt is bad no matter what. And I'm, that's not for me. But I, but I respect that. Also, at the same time, that it appeals to a lot of people who who have trouble with that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think debt is an interesting thing. It can actually serve us, and it certainly helped leverage many companies uh, to launch uh, that would have never gotten the chance had they not had the ability to uh, get you know get financing and incur debt. Um, but then I think you know where folks that are charging groceries uh, or or staples on their credit cards, they're really paying in the long run, maybe even double what they're paying because those credit cards, uh, interest rates can add up so quickly. Uh, I'm amazed at how many of my clients have little awareness of the actual interest rate that they are paying. And and I'll, when I can't work with people, I'll say, well, pull up your credit cards. Let's look at the interest rates. 25 percent, 19 percent. Right. And it, yeah, it's not 2% people. For it's, it's pretty high interest rates. And so it's really important, I think, to be mindful and respect that debt can accumulate just like compound interest in savings can work in your favor. Uh, compound interest on debt can actually
1: be really detrimental. Totally. And I think you have to know yourself. Uh, you know, I'm a saver. So even though I got into some credit card debt, it was really, I wasn't like buying everything in sight. It was just because I was flaky and I went from job to job and I had periods of unemployment during the great recession. And, and so uh, it it was my flakiness and not working. That was really the root of the problem. Now, should I have gotten into credit card debt? No, I probably should have found another way, but, um, but but I think, you know, now I have credit cards and my rule and my belief, if you will, is credit cards are for building credit. That's my belief. Right. I have credit cards for myself. I have credit cards for my business. Um, I do have one credit card for getting points. I run my business expenses through it, but I paid it off immediately and it's only stuff I have cash for. Only. Ever yeah. so, I have that strict line of discipline, and it worked for me because I know myself. But like some people, and uh, you know, my dad is was this this way, and I think he's at a point in his life where he could admit it. He's he's a spender, you know. He loves yeah. all the. He had like this nice collection of pins when I was a kid, and he loves the fancy cars. and And some people have to have the the latest, you know, iPhone and and the best, you know, whatever they can buy, the newest clothes. And uh, you know, I'm never a guy. Probably. I mean, maybe if I make enough money, but at this point in my life, I'm not a guy who's going to go out and buy like a $300 shirt. It doesn't appeal to me. But I had coworkers, my, my former job, they're like, oh man, look at this designer shirt. And I'm like, that's a black, that's a pla- t that's a, that's a shirt, dude. And they're like, no, it's not. Look at this designer signature on it. <laughs> so yeah, you got to know yourself right. and, and what you're good at and maybe where your struggles are.
0: No, I think that's so important. Yeah, me, I I buy the inexpensive clothes because it's going to be ripped, ruined or dirty like after the second wear. I just can't help it. So there's no point in spending the money on those kinds of things. But and I also like what you're saying is it's important about knowing yourself. There's no right or wrong, whether you're a spender, whether you're a saver. It's really about what do I want and then why do I want it? And I, for me, that's always an important question: is the why? Uh, I want the fancy stuff because it makes me feel good, or I want the fancy stuff because people will like me, or I like the fancy stuff because I'm rewarding myself. Like they, they might all look the same, but the energy around why we do things can be completely different.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and and I think you know if we if I look at my own problems, th- the root of my own issues were uh, and. Be- and I'm just going to say it, I'm kind of like, I, I've been kind of one of those typical millennials where, you know, there's this Tyler, Tyler Perry movie where the Medea character was like, all you kids born in the 80s don't, you know, think you don't have to work. And I, I laughed at when I heard that line because I'm like, oh, guy, guilty, guilty ah. as <laughs> Which isn't to say I was always studious. I worked hard in school and I did a lot of extracurriculars. And then as an adult, I think I just had a... I took a little bit of time to find my place, in my ideal career. I was good at academics, but I, I don't. For whatever reason, college didn't really jive with me, mm-hmm. and so probably I should have finished, but I didn't. And uh, you know, I, I tried a lot of different jobs and a lot of you know, I I did restaurant work, I did outdoor work uh, in landscaping. I've done um, I've done sales. Uh, I I worked with attorneys. I didn't like any of that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> at least for a career. <laughs> so maybe by process of elimination.
0: Yeah. I, well, see what's a great, I, I mean, I think that's great. And again, knowing yourself for me, I needed a safety net. I needed, you know, initially I was going to be a lawyer and then, when, and then I was like, Oh, I don't like lawyers, but I was taking accounting so I could become a CPA because I was taking accounting to help my grade point. And it was something that was easy, but I was very like I don't have a safety net. My parents did not have a safety net. Um, I did not want to be... um, And so maybe that was partially based in fear, um, but that was, for me, a driving force. But, But going back to that piece that you said about the Medea character... What what do you think if you think about your mindset that said oh yeah I'm one of those people that doesn't think I have to work what do you think attributed to that do you think it was because your parents provided or or was it uh, the media like do you if you think about it are there's because I think there's a lot of millennials out there that resonate with this and probably some older people that are like yeah they don't and I'm wondering if just <laughs> from your journey what you think might have contributed to that.
1: Well, it's actually interesting because when I was a senior in high school, the, the the school newspaper said like I was most likely to be president or whatever. So I was always very ambitious and hardworking, but I think when it came uh, to working a job, I felt a distinct lack of purpose. Mm-hmm. Now I couldn't, I couldn't have articulated that at the time, right. and I didn't know that. But I I didn't feel fulfilled, and I thought, and eventually I thought, well. And one of the reasons I got interested in money was I thought, well, if I can make a lot of money, I want to have to work. Right. But what I discovered was, this is, I mean, this is so obvious, right? But to, to make a lot of money, you have to work really hard for a long time, years and years and years. And then, uh, and if you're going to work hard, you're going to need, it really helps if you have something that you like. Right. And so I changed my belief from, you know, work is drud- is drudgery to well, work is fulfilling and it brings purpose and it's satisfying. And, and once I made that shift and I just accepted, you know, this is a good part of life, it changed everything. And I would be remiss if I didn't say, I didn't really turn it around until I had my first kid. So um, my daughter was born when I was 29 and a half. And that kind of was like my moment where my, my bridges were burned, my boats were burned. And I, I had been fired three times from jobs in my twenties. I, I just took a psychology test, and I and I rate very high on disagreeableness. I'm not <laughs> afraid to speak my mind, and so employers don't always like that. <laughs> and they <don't>. so, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was fi- I was fired from three jobs in my twenties, and the, and the last time I thought, okay, this is a pattern. But then when my daughter was born, my wife quit her job. I thought I, I can't do this anymore. And 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 I and I just I committed. I said, you know, I'm gonna sacrifice. And I don't know if it's also around because it's around the time I turned 30, but I think it was having kids because I said, you know, I can't let this ever happen again. And it doesn't matter how long a day I had, if it was horrible, if I don't like it, if the people around me are all jerks, they treat me like crap, it doesn't matter. I'm sticking with it. And and it's not like I worked horrible jobs either. I I had these nice, cushy, white-collar jobs. Uh, But um, it just helped me get through the difficulties and the sacrifices I had to make. And looking back, I think, geez, like I was such a baby, and and these, you know, learning to not be a flake, to be totally honest with you, is what I had to do. And growing up and adulting and all of that, it it was hard at the time. Looking back, all that was easy. But I think whatever challenge you have at that time in your life, you have to throw yourself into it because for you at that time, it's hard even though maybe for someone else it isn't.
0: Yeah, and I wonder how much of that ties back to purpose. Um, You know, when you were talking about wanting to have purpose, when you have a kid, there's a a heightened awareness of purpose, um, of there's somebody else that's uh, relying on me in a way that other people don't you know, your friends, uh, your, your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, whatever they can, they'll be fine without you if they have to be right. But a little kid, mm-hmm. uh, is looking up going, Hey, feed me, uh, give me some information, uh, help me out. And so I wonder if, you know, I know, cause I've heard a lot of people say, you know, as soon as I had kids life shifted, uh, and which is awesome. And I think for people that, don't have kids, or for people whose kids have grown up, still being able to find a way to motivate that purpose for ourselves? Because sometimes it's always easier to advocate when there's somebody else, like, oh, I'll defend them to the death. But me, yeah, I'll take a back seat. And so how can we keep reinventing our purpose and keep uh, uh,
1: reigniting our passion to, to show up? Yeah, that's a great question. And maybe in 30 years, we'll have a good answer for you. I... <laughs> You know, I, I, I don't know. Although I will say, uh, one of the great things about that I can see, and about people in the advanced stages of life, is you know you've you've had all this time to build a character, right? You you have habits that you've built over years, and if you've made wise choices, uh, I think there's a momentum there that, that can help carry you through, and and hopefully you you have uh, maybe some kind of a nest built up that gives you you have skills. You have maybe a little money, and and that gives you the ability to contribute to society at a at a higher level. And maybe that maybe that looks like um, mentoring the people that you work with that are younger, or maybe that looks like uh, I don't know, getting more involved in your grandkids' life. I, I don't know, but um, I think you know there's advantages and disadvantages to every part, part of life, and I think that's one of the advantages to having some age and experience. Absolutely. Do you talk with your children about money? I mean, a little, my kids are five and two. Um, so not much, but I mean, my, my five-year-old daughter, um, we have like some toy, uh, like dollar bills. And, uh, one of the games she likes to play is store. So we'll have a pet store or a toy store and the customers will give her money And so she gets familiar with numbers and she gets comfortable with the idea of handling money and people paying. And I, and I, and I, so my first job right out of high school, I needed a little money. I did one year of college and I needed a little money for it. And so, uh, I did sales, door-to-door sales and I wouldn't want to do it for the rest of my life, but I am grateful for that experience that I had in sales. I did it for a few years. And so maybe it's also kind of my subtle way of getting her into sales. So I, learning to communicate. So I'd say, uh, you know, we have a little doll say, Oh, I like this, uh, this toy. Could you tell me about it to get, to kind of plan her mind, the idea of how to communicate with people and talking about money is okay. So, um, I could, I'll say we, we planted a few seeds and my wife and I, um, were very much in sync about money. So, uh, and I think it, a lot of it was I was reading all the, a lot of this stuff when we were dating and kind of learning a lot of this for the first time, and I would even give her books and she'd read it, and we'd talk about it so that's one thing I'm grateful for in my marriage is um generally you know we're all on the same page, and so talking that makes it talking that makes it easier when it comes to talking to our kids and i'm I'm sure we'll progress well the one thing I want to say is as they get older, one of the things I don't like about our society is. Um, there's a disconnect, I feel, many times. Not for everyone, but many times for between what you learn in school. And maybe this is one of the reasons I like the Rich Dad books. What you learn in school and what you do for a career. And I excelled in academics, but I'm like, I'm not going to have a career as... I mean, a, I don't know. A lot of these academic subjects, there aren't very many careers for those things. So i love... And you know, a lot of people just get their first job when they're a teenager. And it's like some kind of a crappy, low-wage, minimum-wage job. And I don't think learning to work is a good thing. But I feel like what I'd love to do for my kids is maybe teach them a little bit about entrepreneurship. Yeah. Let's set up a lemonade stand and let's, let's mow some lawns. And that was stuff, by the way, I started doing when I was in my early 20s because I was, I was so young to it. I started mowing lawns when I couldn't find a job. This is back in 2009 yeah. in the Great Recession, my hometown, Modesto. I just started mowing lawns. I had a little bit of sales skill, and I, that was good for me. And I think that kind of a thing, learning to think about money that way, I think would be very beneficial, even if she ends up having a job and not being an entrepreneur.
0: Yeah, I think that's so important. And, you know, college isn't for everyone. And so I think it's so important that it it's not oh, people that don't go to college are failures. Not at all. I mean, even Steve Jobs, I believe, dropped out and never quite finished. Um, But... um it's important to do what you love. And even in accounting, um, you know, you go to school, you do four years of learning all these things, you take this test and then you take everything you know and you forget about it because it doesn't apply in the real world. People that take the exam out of college have a much easier time passing the exam than people living in the real world taking that exam because the questions only work theoretically <laughs> on a lot of stuff, right? It just doesn't uh, just doesn't translate into to real life. You know, I can, I can appreciate, uh, about, you know, you probably saved yourself a lot
1: of money, (laughs) a lot of debt. (laughs) Well, well, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad that I landed on my feet. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think at that time it probably would have been a wise, I mean, I went to the George Washington university in DC. Mm -hmm. I was on scholarship. I think for me personally, it would have been smart for me to finish. Right. But I just didn't, I just didn't know what it would lead to. So I went to South America and when I came back, I wasn't really sure which path I should pick up on. So I wish that I had been less flaky. Uh, but you know, um, I, I'm really happy where I ended up. Uh, I, I work in search engine optimization SEO, as you mentioned, I love it. It's, it's a weird niche, but it's right for me. And, um, I get a chance to, to do what I enjoy.
0: Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, when I was first getting into, uh, podcasting and a website and, and blogs and all that stuff. And people would talk about their SEOs and I'm like, I know about CEOs and I know about <laughs> CFOs, uh, but I know what these SEOs are. Who are they? Who are they? Um, because I didn't, I couldn't quite follow it. You know, I'm one of those people like, wait, am I hashtagging? What's the ads? Like all of that stuff, <laughs> even now, I'm like glad other people understand it. Uh, it is,
1: it, you know, it's just not my thing. Yeah, it's a strange even for people that work in marketing. They kind of like know about it, but they don't really know. Like like the clients that I have, they know about it, but they don't really know what it is. And I knew this is what I like to say to my family and friends. I knew it was the right niche for me because I'd start telling other people about it, and they'd start falling asleep. So I thought, well, if this is something that I like, that other people don't like, and it pays, it might be a good niche for me.
0: Right. There's not a lot of people just clamoring to get into the, (laughs) into the market. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Now with your um, current situation, you've got your business, you're hoping to encourage your kids to be entrepreneurs. uh, Do you and your wife budget? Do you and your wife have regular conversations around money? And do you set
1: goals? So yes, we probably don't talk about it as much as we should. Well, um, my wife uh, has a spreadsheet. So one of the rich dad ideas that I liked was keeping your own personal financial statement and your uh, statements, your own personal balance sheet, your own personal income statement. So my wife has a monthly spreadsheet that's shared with me that has our recurring expenses and, uh, and income and, um, how that changes over time. And, and, um, so, I actually went out into business for myself last august wasn 't the first time that i'd done that, but was the first time it 's been successful and <laughs> what, what we did when I had a job was you know whatever we just agree on this is the amount of money we live off of you know it 's automatically deposited into our checking account. We have a savings account with another bank so we can 't see it when we log in that 's automatically deposited important and that 's just and that automated savings is just how we've always done it so all the money that's in the checking account, we can spend it. Um, we very rarely need to pull extra money in from savings, like maybe once every other year because we've gotten a good groove with how much we spend on groceries and other things. Um, and, and I, when I look at my savings account and I see it going up, I feel I feel great about that. I, I'm a saver. I, I, I enjoy that. And she's a little bit more of a spender than me, but she's very disciplined, I think. And so you know we'll, we'll have little indulgences but it's always within that monthly amount we don't overdraw our checking so that's that's on the macro level that's what what's what worked well and and we'll review the spreadsheet maybe once every 3 to 6 months i should say we together that's why i said i should probably talk with her more about it but generally speaking things are trending in the right direction so i, um, I don't worry about it now that i have a, a small business we're living off of the same amount that we lived off of with my job And we're still trying to figure out, okay, how much money am I really making because there's fluctuations, uh, building good reserves, business and personal wise. And so even though we're still living off of that same amount, we'll make adjustments as we go. So that's how we've managed it. It's working out.
0: And so I'm wondering if you have any life goals that your wife doesn't share. Like if you're setting goals, but is there anything like you know, I want this. She's not, she doesn't want that. Um, and how do you, how do you work that out?
1: Yeah. So, you know, when we were dating and before we had kids, we would talk about dreams and goals and that kind of a thing. And, and I was like, well, I want to live on the beach and, um, I want to be rich. I want to get rich. I ever since I started learning about money, I just kind of decided I want to get rich. And a lot of people feel uncomfortable with that kind of language, so I don't use it. But uh, to me, because I think money means something different to everyone. To me, g- getting rich just means I'll have more ability to do the things I want to do. Right. Um, but I think some people associate that with maybe greed or lust or other things like that. But that's not yeah. how I think of it. And so my wife is very much in alignment with that. Uh, with my, in fact, she's more, I think she's more willing for me to take risks than I am. <laughs> and so in that sense, she's a perfect wife for someone who wants to be an entrepreneur in terms of like, but I'd say one thing that I do really want right now is I finally kind of, you know, I work digitally. COVID's a perfect time, you know, to move digital. I work from home and I'd like to move to the beach. I live in Utah, no beaches here. So There's no beaches, <laughs> no beaches. So I'd love to just live on the beach. And, and I'm originally from Northern California, but the California beaches are pretty expensive. So, something like florida would be perfect for me and uh, with where we are with little kids my wife just isn't quite ready to make that move so that's one thing that we're negotiating on should i say
0: yeah it's still in progress well you've got the ocean behind you so you've put the beach and the ocean in your presence so now you just now it's a matter of just manifesting it into reality
1: (laughs) exactly (laughs)
0: Well, we are at our fast 5. So time goes quick and I want to I have five fast questions that we uh, just top of the mind um, and we'll go from there. So a uh, first question, what's the nerdiest thing you've ever done with your money?
1: <laughs> the nerdiest thing I've done with my money. That's kind of a hard one. The nerdiest thing. I don't know if buying personal finance books counts. Does it? But those don't cost I very much. Some people much.
0: would probably think that's nerdy. I mean, a nerd would not think that's nerdy. I don't think that's nerdy, but <laughs> I think a lot of other people
1: might yeah, think it's nerdy. Maybe buying too many personal finance books. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can never have too many. What have you learned from life from your kids?
1: From hmm. my kids? Um, delayed gratification. Wow. That is, that's important. That is so important. That's something I've been working on in the past, well, since I've had kids, because... Yeah. You know, when they wake up in the middle of the night as babies and you got to go feed them or change them or whatever, that hurts. You know, seeing a, a, an a petulant child be how they are, sometimes I think to myself, you know, how, how am I like that in and, and maybe a different way? Yeah. There's times where I kind of throw a fit emotionally, but I thought, you know, maybe this isn't such a big deal as it seems at the moment.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> if you were a superhero, what powers would you have?
1: <laughs> superhero. I always liked Cyclops as a kid with his cool laser eyes, but that's highly destructive. I think, (laughs) I think uh, you know, not having to be a warrior, I maybe would um, to fly. Definitely to fly. That'd be cool. Yeah, then you don't have to worry if you don't bring your parachute. Life is still good. You know, you know, it's, it's funny because you're a guy who likes to talk about psychology. I When I was working for other people, I've, I've always wanted to work for myself. When I was working for other people, I had this recurring dream that I was flying, but I kept getting pulled down to the ground. Ah. And I and I told my wife about it and she goes, what do you think that means? And uh, I, I really hadn't thought about it until she told me. And then I realized, oh my gosh, this is a recurring dream I've had for years. And and then I, I, when I went into business for myself, I don't have those dreams anymore. So emotionally I feel like I'm flying (laughs) you're flying I love it I love it what's the thing what's the favorite
0: thing about your career
1: for you Mm, well I like that there's a mix of what I do so um if I had finished my bachelor's degree it would have been a double major in political science and economics and the poli sci was a lot of writing and the econ is more like analytical math type stuff and so in my current career uh, I have a mix of those two things. So there's the technical side of SEO, looking at website code and stuff like that. And then there's a more uh, um, creative side. With I work a lot with writers. I look at their work and, and help them uh, decide what to produce and, and the quality thereof. And I've actually produced some of my own videos. So um, that mix of the analytical and creative is fun for me. Makes it fun.
0: What's a valuable life
1: lesson that you're learning right now? Uh, it's, it's along the delayed gratification theme of, um, sacrifice. So, um, I had actually, uh, started businesses before. So like I mentioned that mowing lawns when I was 23 and, um, I think I was making like a thousand bucks a month or whatever, but I was living at home. So it was okay. I probably could have built it up a little, but, other opportunities came my way, and I and I just kind of left it by the wayside because I didn't want to. I didn't want to sacrifice. It was too much work. So then um, I tried an e-commerce business years later. You know, selling essential oils direct from a website to a person. A friend even invested a little bit of money in it. Like I said, I'm not afraid to ask for money, and maybe I should have been because I, I wasted his money. To be totally honest, and then that wasn't that wasn't a good feeling. But I, I, was learning, I was doing on the side of my job. My daughter was, uh, I think, like one or two. Uh, so I'd, I'd do it in the night times when my daughter went to bed. And uh, I would stay up late. And I was using caffeine to give me energy. And I, and I wasn't sleeping very well. Which, in retrospect, I learned was because of the caffeine. And um, I, I got sick because I wasn't sleeping enough. And I just, I just gave up. I couldn't, I couldn't push through it. And so uh, this last time around... A little over a year ago, last January, I made the decision I'm going to do this, and I used caffeine in moderation. Made sure I got enough sleep so I didn't get sick. I actually didn't realize it until just recently. But two weeks after I made that commitment, I, my my best client who's still with me signed up on board. It was, uh, and then I had a, I had more clients, more obstacles. Some of them quit on me, but it was from when I made that decision, it was six months until I could go into business for myself. And I was able to replace my job income. And it was a long six months working both my job and the business on the side. But that was delayed gratification. It was a sacrifice, but I'm glad that I did it. Yeah, that's awesome. And that
0: really ties into maybe my next question is, because we're at the m M&M m moment, money and motivation sweet spot. Um, what is a piece of uh, financial advice or wealth wisdom that you would offer, and I feel like that's sort of been a theme here. But um, what would you say to people out there
1: listening? I actually was reading some of your book, like about and um, your story about your grandparents. Mm-hmm. Thought they had to give you money to spend time with you. Yeah, that was so interesting to me because I don't think like that. And I thought <laughs> I thought your grandparents were just giving you money because they loved you, and then you, your whole point of the story was no, 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 they wanted to. They just thought they had to bribe you. Yeah. And and so I, I'm not a person who has like feelings of like, oh, I'm not worthy or stuff like that. But I'd say one, I think anyone, if I could do a reverse promotion and promote your book, <laughs> I think if you're a person who's listening, you know, and you maybe feel like you're not worthy or maybe you think that money is for greed, is is too much money makes you greedy or something like that. Like, one of my brothers, I personally believe that's something that he thinks that, you know, that rich people are immoral. You know, work yeah. on that. I think, you know, lean into that, dig into that, and maybe try to deal with some of those underlying beliefs that maybe just aren't true, that are holding you back. I have a friend who's an entrepreneur who told me that and he he started doing group therapy, and it wasn't until he started doing it that he realized this. He would take a business to the brink of success and walk away. And I thought that was the strangest, most bizarre thing. But then he realized he had some strange beliefs that maybe I don't deserve money and I don't deserve success. And it wasn't until he got past that that he could just have, was able to accomplish his dreams. So that's one thing. For me personally, it was, I had a thing that was holding me, And that was, I just wasn't willing to sacrifice and put in the work. And I think a lot of people have a thing. It's like, maybe it's your health. Maybe it's your mental health. Uh, maybe it's some kind of... Like with me, it was maybe you're just been, you've been too lazy. And a lot of times, the root cause is something that has nothing to do with money. But once you fix it, your money problems go away. And I think my advice is just whatever that problem is, just lean into it. Because it's hard in the moment. But once you get past it, your life is on a new level.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, I think it really ties into sort of what I've been hearing you say throughout this whole conversation is um, like the delayed gratification piece, right? Putting uh, putting in the time now and reaping the benefits a little bit later. Um, and also, I, whether it's conscious or not, um, there's a lot of curiosity of, um being open let me know more about this stuff i want to read about books i want to like what can i make work okay uh and then the thing that you said really that i think is so important for so many people even though people will say it's such bs i don't believe mindset when you can turn around and say i i love showing up at my job or i love that i get another chance to live on this earth um, like that's about gratitude And that's about changing the mindset from, oh, I don't have this, to look at all the possibilities, look at all the things that I have, look at how abundant my life is with relationships, with travel, with work. And I think we, especially in this country, uh, lose sight of the fact of how abundant and wealthy we are compared to the rest of the world. And, And so I think it's just so important to just keep being open, being curious, learning from our mistakes not
1: beating ourselves up, but just keep moving forward. I totally agree. And, you know, when I was in Argentina, I was in northern Argentina. Uh, The first place I was, I, I kind of moved around within the same zone. And the first place I was in was very, very poor rural community. People literally, a lot of the people literally sleeping in like dirt, dirt floors, little shacks, the kind of thing you think of when you think of impoverished South America. Literally, like, kids that had holes in their clothes, like, bad holes, like, such that, uh, kind of, like, naked. And, um, you know, we don't have that kind of poverty in the States. And I think that's why I say wherever you are in your life, just focus on what your problem is and getting to that next level. Because we all come from different levels, Where we, wherever we are in the world. And maybe for a person like that, um, you know, getting one of the tracked houses that has... Uh, ceramic tile floors and, and, and running water is, is a goal for a person like that. Yeah. And for me, I'm at a different level, but I think, you know, we all have our problems and our obstacles and just making, making progress, not perfection, making progress, um, is, is what will get you there because I have hard days in my business now. And sometimes I think, so something that gave me pause was about quitting was I didn't know this, but I had a coworker who took six weeks of vacation last year. I learned that right before I quit my job. And I thought, I didn't know that was on the table because it was never clearly communicated to me. And I thought, I've never taken more than two weeks of vacation in a year. And I thought, man, do I really want to give this up? And there are days where I have hard days in business where I think, maybe I should, maybe I should have stuck with that job and taken those six weeks of vacation. You know, What's the matter with me? But, but then I remember... I'm making progress. I'm going in the right direction. There's going to be hard days. And so it's okay. It's worth it in the long term.
0: Absolutely. As long as we get a chance for another breath, we have a chance to do things better. (laughs) So uh,
1: always opportunity.
0: Where can people find you on social media or online?
1: So you can find me at my personal finance website, (laughs) digitalhoney.money. I love that. Yeah, digitalhoney.money. would love it if you sign up for my email newsletter. I'm talking a lot about credit right now, how to build your credit um, and uh, personal. And we'll be soon releasing some stuff on how to create your own personal finance statements. Uh, if you're a money alert nerd, it could be very useful. Money nerds and non-money nerds. Go check it out.
0: So you do SEO. Where can people find you if they're looking for an SEO specialist, wanting to get help with uh, optimization? Uh, how do people get you?
1: Yeah. Uh, my website is garrettbooth.com. Look, look in the show notes for my, the strange spelling of my name, garrettbooth.com, uh, and I'm also on LinkedIn.
0: <laughs> Check it out. And I want to say to our listeners, please don't forget to share the love, like, follow, and sh- share on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search for Money You Should Ask, all one word. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast player or visit Apple Podcasts and search for Money You Should Ask or click on the link in the description. If you're watching this episode on YouTube, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. For more tips, tools, or how to learn how to have a healthy relationship with money, visit themoneynerve.com. That's nerve, not nerd. I am a nerd. Um, Garrett, thank you so much. It's been such a great pleasure having you on today.
1: It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me.